Does truth exist? Because you have faith, does that make this book true? Does God exist? So when someone says there is no truth, if you apply the claim to itself, what should you say? Is that true? They don't think Christianity is true. They're talked out of it. You know why they're talked out of it? Because they've never been talked into it. Cross-examining skeptical and atheistic views. Welcome to Cross-Examine with Dr. Frank Turek. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get an eyewitness account of what has gone on in Israel and what is going on there now. My friend Victor Marks, who many of you may know, we've had Victor on the program before. Victor is the president of All Things Possible Ministries. His website is victormarksmarx.com. Uh, Victor, former military guy who is doing a lot of great work. He, his wife, and his entire ministry, they're doing trauma relief. They're helping women. They're helping children. They're actually helping the military. They're helping the IDF right now. Victor is coming to us live as we're recording this right now from Jerusalem. Victor, this is the second time you've been over there since October 7th. Why don't you start with... Uh, your first trip over there, you went down to the kibbutzes, you saw what went on. Give us a description. We were there the week after the massacre happened. You know, Frank, with our background, and uh, I think we have 17 pumps into the Middle East, Iraq, Syria, Northern Africa. We, we've seen a lot uh, over our years. This was by far the worst thing we've ever seen. And folks that I'm talking about you know, we've seen stuff that ISIS has done. So when they compare Hamas to ISIS, it's true. And I would say Hamas is actually worse than what mm. we saw. So uh, just imagine a border um, double fenced uh, with small communities living up and down the border. A kibbutz is a neighborhood. Let's just say a hundred families. Um, and, uh, they were attacked. You've seen the reports, but I'll give you insight. Um, first, before I tell you the, the, just the horrific things I saw, people ask, how could this happen? How could they not defend themselves? Well, let me tell you, they don't have a second amendment here in Israel. They're, they're very strict on their gun control. As a matter of fact, they won't even allow people to carry any type of knife. Uh, you have to register for a pistol and you can't conceal carry it. So each of these communities has a security like armory with 10 rifles and 50 rounds each. That's it. Mm. And what they had planned for the worst case scenario was what? 10, 20 Hamas guys tunneling in, um, you know, cause they never thought they would just be able to, cut right through the fence lines and get through all that. Instead, what they had was about 3,000 Hamas fighters fully armed from RPGs, um, grenades, everything they needed to uh, attack, destroy, kidnap, and plunder. Now, this is something a lot of people don't know when ISIS hit, I mean, Hamas, it's like ISIS, but when they hit, they overwhelmed these little villages, these little towns. 
there were hundreds coming in with only 10 guys with rifles to defend themselves and only 50 rounds. So uh, they just took their time killing, plundering, raping, burning. Then there was a second wave. Have you heard this, Frank? What the I haven't second heard the wave second was? wave. No, I haven't. Go ahead. And by the way, by the way, Folks, before we go any further, this is going to be uh, a true account. And so if you got kids listening, you, you, you may want to listen to this first before you let them hear it. Yeah. But here we go. Go ahead, Victor. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that disclaimer. Yeah. The second wave was once these kibbutzes, these little neighborhoods were just devastated, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of regular Palestinian Gaza-living people flooded in to each of these neighborhoods. They did the biggest plundering. Uh, they, the people who were still alive or they, they continued to rape. They were, they were stealing everything they could. I saw vehicles that the batteries were taken out of the vehicles and brought back to Gaza. So it was a complete free for all. And I say hundreds, but like hundreds per community, there are probably thousands so when people in America, around the world, feel very bad for the Palestinian people in Gaza, you got to be careful with that. Mm. Because let me tell you what, you don't have to be Hamas to be evil. And there are a lot of Palestinians who, well, you could see it when they brought back hostages. They're spitting, they're throwing. There's so much hate and evil uh, in that area. And with that, there are Christians in that area, uh, but I would I would definitely say that they're not standing up against Hamas. They're not mm. speaking out, um, almost like the, well, American church in many ways. That's quiet on issues that matter. And um, folks, what I saw with my teammate or teammates going in, it was, it was beyond. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I still haven't even processed it all. Uh, the amount of blood shed, children's blood. You would go into a little house and you could see the TV, the PlayStation, uh, the, the, everything. And then you see somebody just came in either through a frag grenade I just started shooting so many trails of blood where someone was shot and they either crawled or they were dragged. Um, it was this type of horrific um, activity that was just pure evil. Parents hiding in the safe room, but it was not meant to withstand 7.62 rounds coming right through it. And one of the things that hurt my heart a lot, but it also framed my mindset when I went back to the States was a little Glock pistol case was open. The instructions were out. And I remember looking at that, looking in the kid's room where there was horrible things burning and then going 
two, because it was a trail of blood that I thought had led into it, but actually it, it had come out of it. And what happened was the dad grabbed his Glock, loaded his magazines, took his family in there. The Hamas death squad came in and two guys shot through the door while the dad was holding it. It hit him center mass. Then they busted open the door. He unloaded all the rounds he could from his pistol, but they killed him, his wife, the children. And there was a handprint of blood from a little child on the wall. That's, uh, and this is supposed yeah, to be, and then ladies the and gentlemen, bodies drag out. Yeah. This is supposed to be from the religion of peace. Yeah. That's not peace. That's evil. Yeah. Uh, and they did this to civilians. This is not even a military target. This is going into yeah. little villages and avoiding actually military targets and trying yeah. to kill civilians, whether they're elderly, children, women, didn't matter. That's what's going on. No. That's what went on. And that's what they would, would do again. Yeah. And and it's what they said they will do again. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, you know, as you as you know, and many of your folks listening, we we counter sex trafficking and specific for children now. And uh, we hunt predators and pedophiles in the States. We have a task force and, of course, different places in the world. If we looked at it just from this, from just this angle, there are eyewitness accounts of horrific rape. And even one girl, and I'm telling you this from first person telling us uh, who's in a, where a girl was raped. And while this Hamas fighter is raping her, he shoots her in her head and then continues to rape her. Folks, I need you to understand that Ultimately, all this is a spiritual battle, but it's a manifestation of evil. And we use that term because it is. So the, the shock and the trauma of those who have survived is, is beyond. I mean, it's because of the massacre was so brutal. Um, kids wet themselves. They, if they hear rockets, which rockets still continue to hit in Israel every day or they're fired every day. Mm -hmm. It's it's like the worst dysfunction of any country I've ever seen. Because I guarantee right now, if bad people, let's say in Mexico, were firing rockets into the U.S., we would absolutely obliterate them. Mm -hmm. We would cross over that border. We would have drones hitting targets. If it was the cartels, we would label them terrorists and smash them because it'd be an act of war. The world has tried to make Israel like opine and be polite to being attacked. Yeah. And they've become dysfunctional. Hey, today I was at an I was hanging out our some of our team with SF units and actually training them. And they we sat around after a full day of training. Um and they were just like, wow. 
it's become so dysfunctional that we can't, uh, we should have destroyed them so long ago and never let it get to this point. So, yeah, um, today we delivered and handed out to 400 children in a hospital here in Israel. Uh, our line and lambs, trauma tools. Tell toys. people about that, Victor. Uh, what we, is that? Because people can donate to that because you this is your second trip now. I mean, since October, yes, you were there the yep. first trip and you brought some of these uh, some of these little yeah. toys over there. You brought some more this time. You just just went over there just a few days ago, yeah. just before Christmas. So tell people yep. about what you give these kids. So the, the best tool we've found to help heal trauma and reduce anxiety and panic attacks and stress is just a little stuffed toy, a lion, and a little lamb. We give them respectively to girls and boys, but they have a specialized music that was made that lowers anxiety. Uh, and folks listening know that when they're stressed out uh, or having contact, they know they can put certain music on and it helps calm them down. Well, that's what this music is. And then we have prayers in their own native tongue. So it's it's a it's a high tech deal that we thank God we were able to to use and we've been using them all over the world. So when we got here the week after the attack, everybody was so in shock. I mean, you know, Hamas and everything. But yet every person said, This is amazing. Hmm. And everybody started asking for them. So today uh, part of our team was at a hospital and delivered 400 uh, of these. And the staff was so impressed by how quickly the kids were responding at this hospital. They started calling directors in other wards, and they came over and said, can you please bring us some for ours, mm-hmm. kids? So tomorrow we're going back 600 more. 600 children tomorrow will have them, 400 today. And then uh, we went into a psych ward for teenagers who are struggling. We were able to give that to them and minister. And then a little bit different because normally we focus on women and children, but we have partners here who were in a kibbutz, Messianic Jews who were in a kibbutz, but escaped the massacre And it's like 30 families. And they have a ministry. The church has a ministry uh, just just to help folks. But they minister a lot to elderly folks. So we help them. Our ministry is sponsoring these families by $1,000 a month because they don't have any source of income. So we're, we're sponsoring 30 families. If anybody wants to jump in and help, We'll let y'all sponsor a family for sure. But they brought us to deliver a heater and some other things to an elderly couple that stayed in their home and hid from the massacre in Stadat, which is down south. This man is 102 years old. Wow. And he only has one arm. I was like, what in the world? And he came dressed to the door when he opened it 
with a vest and a tie, dignity, and then his 93-year-old bride came out. We had the best time, and he lost his arm by a sniper in World War II. And yet, this sweet elderly couple, Hamas, would have murdered and set them on fire like they did over a thousand other people that the death tolls around 1400 and then there's still hostages so i'll tell you there's hope and miracles in the middle of all this but the biggest thing i want people to understand is this war for truth i mean what you do as an apologetist and in my opinion um, i think the best one in our country and um and maybe even the world by now brother but you're all about truth just simply dispelling lies with truth. That's what's happening with this information war um, on social media and in the news. People, they're pushing lies mm-hmm. uh, that it blows our mind. Um, and they're blaming Israel for this. Yeah, ladies now, and gentlemen, can, yeah. can you imagine... If after Hitler attacked London, he complained when London struck back and hit Berlin and said, oh, stop, stop hitting Berlin. Uh, There's some innocent people dying here. You know, I mean, it's crazy. But that's the kind of logic we have. Uh, Now we've got the Nazis, the modern day Nazis are Hamas, ladies and gentlemen. And they are yep. claiming to be the victims when, in fact, they're the ones that have this doctrine that they want to eradicate anyone who is not a Muslim or they even want to eradicate Muslims that don't agree with them. They certainly there want all go. the Jews. I mean, you're you're helping Muslims over there who are being attacked by by Hamas. Right. So you're helping everybody. Uh, Victor, right. by the way, go to victormarks.com. If you go to victormarks.com, you're going to see support Israel right on the cover page there. And you can donate to help. I mean, Victor's literally over there with his wife and his team. Uh, he's been over there. This is his second trip. He went right after the week after the attack. Now he's back over. In fact, you and I were at the Charlie Kirk's uh, America Fest event just before Christmas. And then right after we left there, you went all the way to Israel and you're going to be there till after the new year. Yeah, and we're actually in talks about extending it because mm-hmm. there's so much opportunity here to minister to people. And I want to say something. Another thing people don't understand, and again, lies or misperceptions. Did you know that inside Israel, not West Bank, not in Gaza, but inside Israel proper, that one out of Babe, what was it? One out of five? Twenty percent are Arabs. Is right. Yeah. Yeah. They are. Yeah. I I I was like, and they live everywhere. And yeah. some are Christians. Yeah. Some are Muslim. There's mosque. Yeah. So people need to understand Israel doesn't hate Arabs. They don't hate Muslims. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they are definitely against being attacked, having children and women massacred. And they must eradicate Hamas. And for the folks who hearts break for innocent people dying there, innocent people, this is because of Hamas. Because mm-hmm. right now, folks, if you want if you want people to stop dying over there, innocent people, 
who are caught up in this war, it's simple. All the Palestinians need to do in Hamas, uh, because they seem to be intertwined, and, you know, because of this dictatorship. But all they have to do is return the hostages right now. They could do it tomorrow. But why aren't they? Because they want this war. They want this. They know as long as they have hostages, this is going to continue. And they are more than willing to sacrifice their own people. Mm. Um, and the leadership of Hamas isn't in Gaza, folks. They're in Qatar. They're worth, now they're saying they're worth billions because of all the relief money. I saw being here, Hamas shooting at Palestinians trying to get to the relief uh, trucks. And and it's one of the things that absolutely is beyond beyond what any media is trying to say. The hospital today, where we handed out 400 line and enter, guess what? This children's hospital, they, they're they helping Jewish kids, Arab kids, Palestinian kids. It's Israel is a beacon of hope mm-hmm. in this, this region. And people just need to know the truth. Are there problems here in Israel? You better believe it. But I'll tell you, as far as caring for folks and being balanced, it's so much better than the culture of hate and death that's coming across. And they're the reason. So return the hostages. Second, stop firing missiles over it. Stop firing rockets. This is insane. Uh, and believe me, there are there are bomb shelters everywhere. There are bomb shelters in children's playground on all the corners. Where we were at instead of and some of these other ones, uh, these kibbutzes, these neighborhoods, they have bomb shelters in their homes. Mm. How, how does that even, you know, and they, man, boom, they got to get in there, middle of the night, whatever. So, yeah, it's, they must be eradicated. And I'm all for helping Palestinian children and innocent people. And I, I'll say this, my wife and I and our team's, have been in the Palestinian-controlled areas, mm-hmm. and we have helped children. We've we've done things and gone places that God's opened the doors. Um, but it's I can also tell you right now that we're in Israel. We don't fear for our life, uh, but now places in Gaza they would kill me in a heartbeat even knowing I'm coming just to help. As Golda Meir said years ago, if the Palestinians were to lay down their weapons, there'd be no more war. If Israel were to lay down their weapons, there'd be no more Israel. That's pretty much the problem. That sums it up right there because these people have a doctrine against Jews, against Christians, against other Muslims that don't agree with them. And they're going to engage in jihad. And the only way that they can be guaranteed paradise, according to their theology, is to die as a martyr. They don't care if their kids are killed because they think they're going to paradise if they die as a martyr. And so it would be like, um, in fact, uh, Paul Copan has brought this up when it comes to uh, people, uh, the Canaanites, you know, uh, in the Old Mm -hmm. Testament times. The Amalekites wanted the Israelites dead. And, you know, what, what are you supposed to do when a group wants, wants you eradicated, right? You can either flee, 
you can fight, but you can't coexist because they're just going to kill you. <laughs> and so what are you going to do? You've, you got to fight back. I mean, that's, that's self-defense. That's biblical. And that's what Israel is doing yeah. at this point. They're fighting back. And uh, I, I wish it, that wasn't the case, that it wasn't necessary, but we live in a fallen world. Sometimes force is necessary, uh, tragically. But you know, what else are they supposed to do? They can't allow this group to just exterminate them. That's not the solution moving forward. So they have to take some sort of defensive posture. They have to arrest, just like in World War II, uh, Nazi theology could not continue in in Germany, uh, we had to go in there and install a, a, a new government, and Germany could not continue as a Nazi as a Nazi government. They, they, there had to be a new government, and there was. And that's what's going to have to happen in Gaza. They can't have a Hamas government. They just can't. No. And, you know, for people to get the proper mindset, let's just bring it to America. Mm-hmm. Let's say the, the, the city you live in, the town you live in, came under attack by, well, let's see, let's not say they have to cross the border. Let's just say they're already here. Mm. Let's just say there's tens of thousands of nefarious characters that have crossed into the United States and are already in areas where you live. And they are preparing to attack civilian locations and neighborhoods. How would you feel? It's probably true right now. Yeah, yeah at 630 yeah. <laughs> in the morning, if your phone pinged in a WhatsApp group and said, I'm being, you know, our neighborhood's being attacked. Trucks are rolling in. People are shooting. How would you feel? And then what if they all went back to a certain city or a state that they took over? Um, or what if they crossed back over the border to Mexico or Canada and had a fortress? But they were going to keep doing it. Folks, this is not conjecture. Our government right now is warning of this very thing mm. where we're seeing predictive programming on TV and movies, but our government, there are agencies that I can tell you some of my team members are in these meetings. And of course, without giving up the classified aspect of it, they are saying the government agencies are more than worried. And they're talking in terms of not if, but when. So being here in Israel, I've told them how millions have crossed into the U.S., undocumented, illegal, military-aged men. And then I told them this fact that Senator Durbin stated that the illegal aliens coming in, military-aged men, we should give them an opportunity for citizenship by them joining our armed forces. So can you imagine that? Mm. Let's just say half a million or a million, which we can easily. I've been on the border. I've seen the waves coming in. We've caught guys trying to bring children in from trafficking. 
listen, they're here. And when you have a U.S. sitting senator recommend that we give them citizenship by if they just join the military and they're giving them arms and training, you don't think they'll now turn on us? So our Israeli friends say, please don't let that happen to America. Mm. Let this be an example of what you don't think could ever happen could. How about securing the border, friends? If you don't have a border, you don't have a country. And that's pretty much where we are now. And people who say, well, no, we open the borders. Really? You have a lock on your door? Oh, you do. Why? You believe in borders. You just disagree on where the where the line should be. Everybody believes in borders, okay? <laughs> you got to have borders for the safety of everyone, and yet we somehow believe, at least the current administration believes it's not necessary. I remember years ago, Victor, when um, this whole border was open under the Obama administration, and President Obama said, well, walls don't work, and Charles Krauthammer said, really? Then why is there one around the White House? <laughs> I mean, Bingo. come on. Right, <laughs> right. Of course. <laughs> and, and agencies and government buildings. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it's it, it's ridiculous, the, their argument. And people need to just wake up to mm-hmm. say they're lying. They're intentional. They want military-age men in. I'm all for helping widows, orphans, families process through. Man, that's what makes America great. Yep. But when you have... Thousands of Chinese men with backpacks and instructions on where to go, and they are clean and they're squared away. And the same for multiple countries, Syrians, um, uh, Iranians. I've seen it firsthand, folks. So people just need to wake up and say, we're being invaded. And um, it's an insurgency Mm -hmm. that has happened. I don't want America to wake up to October 7th massacre Mm -hmm. because it will absolutely, it'll devastate us because we're we're a soft country right now. Mm -hmm. Our, our, Our young men lack testosterone, lack identity, um, you, you know, uh, they're just, by and large, it worries me as a former military person just like you. Where's the grit in the younger generation that would protect us? And I'm afraid what's going to happen, if this happens, these cells are activated and there's an uprising against us, all of us old vets who all we want is peace. You know, some of us have seen the worst of humanity. And we don't want any more of that. But if they awaken these vets who had 20 years of combat and killing, they're going to awaken an absolute. They will regret it because all these men want is peace and calm in their mind and the government is allowing people that will force them to take up arms again and uh, take away that peace but that's where protection of family and innocent people matter more than anything else to guys like us 
Hey, Victor, is is there anything on the website, your website, victormarks.com, ladies and gentlemen, that can help people be reasonably not alarm, not in an alarming way, but just reasonably prepared for civil unrest? Is there any advice you have for people? Yeah. Right now we're working on a single page that we're going to throw up on there. But what I would tell people to do is to sign up for my email on my email list. And it's just victormarks.com forward slash dib, D-I-B, or brief. Either one, that'll get you on my mailing list. And we will send out the link when we have this page up. That's going to provide what we believe are very solid options to be prepared so you're not paranoid from how do you communicate if your phone's down? Are there alternative food sources for, you know, a week of disruption or three months, you know, energy, personal protection for you and your neighborhood. I'm, I'm looking at and checking out a variety of weapon platforms that I think would best see people according to their budget. Uh, there's other things that we're going to have on there, but I would say people need to sign up to make sure that they get this by going to my website, victormarks.com forward slash dib d-i-b and that's marks with the next yeah check that out ladies and gentlemen we're not trying to be alarmist we're just trying to be realistic the world is continually changing and if you haven't noticed over the past few years in our country uh things are getting a lot less secure and the question is if some sort of attack occurs in a, in a civilian sense where there's civil unrest what are some logical things you can do without panicking to uh, protect your family, protect your neighborhood, uh, make sure that what happened there in, in uh, the kibbutzes around Gaza don't happen here uh, in your area. So it's better to be prepared. Hope, hopefully you never, it never comes to that, but it's better to be prepared uh, than not to be prepared. That's all we're saying here. And Victor and his team do great work. In fact, if you go to victormarks.com, uh, you're going to see all the different work he does. He mentioned briefly going after pedophiles, rescuing children from pedophiles. Uh, in fact, Victor, you even were helping the IDF when you first got over there uh, in the very first week, because we here in America, we think, oh, yeah, the IDF, they're well supplied. They're ready to go. They can, you know, turn on a dime. You didn't find that when you got there the week after the attack, did you? No, it, it was Israel was humbled and the IDF because they did a recall of or a call up of the reservists, 350,000 mm -hmm. who came in from all around the world. I will say this. They have hearts of lions. They are warriors. I've been so impressed with the grit of these folks, but horribly prepared. I mean, they're, there are guys that didn't even have full kit. Their weapon systems, anything they pull together. So yeah, a, a practical approach to helping protect children and women is by equipping people that will stand in the gap and and we specifically are helping special forces units and teams um, that we know by buying them kits helmets gloves uh, you know one team was like we're going out on 
night patrols. I don't even have glasses for solid glasses for protection if we're engaging. And then this trip today, uh, me and part of the team were at, at the IDF, you know, top training center, but we were training the instructors um, who have been training tens of thousands of, um, you know, IDF folks coming in. So we spent the day training. We've got amazing people from on the team from former MARSOC Marines, Force Recon to uh, Tier 1 Special Unit guys from the Army um, or those who have trained some of the best warriors and done some of the most amazing things. And even civilian uh, shooter who's just one of the top shooters in our nation and great instructors. So we, we spent the day with them, everything from the flat range to a kill house, uh, multiple stories, more than one. It's It's been unreal. Live fire. And, and then just sharing stories for their heart and their mind. And, you know, I'll say this. We're not here to convert anybody. That's that's part of our approach. We don't we don't want to try to take advantage of someone in their great time of need by pushing Christianity on anyone. We've never done that. But I will say this, <laughs> that the love of God through us, that constrains us uh, or motivates us to help them in their time of need draws people to Christ. Mm. And one of our, a local, one of our uh, drivers, because we have, we have to move in up armored vehicles here. (laughs) He goes, he goes, I love you guys. I would do anything for y'all. I follow you on the social media. I I just, he goes, but I'm not going to come to Jesus. (laughs) Because <laughs> I want to vote you. I said, well, and, and he told that to Eileen. Eileen goes, well, we aren't recruiting for the Lord. And then he told another team member, and he's like, but I am going to read more. And then another one of our local assets here, uh, you know, we're having this conversation. I just said, have you ever read the New Testament? Mm-hmm. Like, no, but I've been, I've been thinking about reading it. I said, well, you know, Jesus was Jewish. So it, it's, it's, I showed a guy, an SF guy today we were training with. I showed him a video of a kid we rescued out of Mosul, you know, uh, in 2017. He just, he's got emotional. And he's like, so God is drawing people to himself. And, and this is what I'd like to say kind of in closing is, the best solution that there is for Israel, and I've said it, and for the U.S., is the scripture. And I don't know the address of it because uh, I'm wiped out right now and squeezing all 85 points of my IQ. <laughs> uh, no, I, but it's that scripture that says, if my people. We're called by my name. Mm-hmm. We'll humble themselves, right? And I think repent. And that the Lord will heal their land. Mm-hmm. And 
I'll just say this. That's the best hope we have for America. That's the best hope Israel has. Uh, because we're we're both very arrogant nations. Yeah. Uh, toward the things of God. And it requires people humbling themselves, praying, um, you know, and that that will and then of course I love the scripture that undefiled religion is helping widows and orphans in their time of distress or need. And that's what we do at ATP. We set captives free physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So God is drawing people here. Um, the risk is real um, in the places that we go. Uh, but, I mean, if God says go, we go. And, folks, if something happens to us, if we are in Gaza doing what God wants us to do on the West Bank or out here because there are attacks here. There's missiles and rockets. We were just up on the Lebanon border, you know, three days ago, meeting with Arab Christians in a little village. If something happens to us, please don't ever think that we took a wrong turn, made a wrong decision, uh, and that the devil wins. It's actually the furthest from it. We have followed our Lord Jesus Christ, and we're just trying to be obedient and be a light in so much darkness. And if for some reason we're wrapped up, things go sideways, or, you know, I die, it is to bring God greater glory, and we trust him with that. So just know we'll be in heaven sooner than maybe I thought I would be, um, but just continue to pray for us. Because we move knowing this, that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And, and that we live and believe. Amen to that, brother. Friends, go to victormarks.com. If you want to contribute to what he's doing or you just want to sign up for his email so you can be prepared uh, should anything happen here in America or wherever you live, go to victormarks.com and sign up for it. His wife, Eileen and Victor and their team are in Israel right now. Victor, thanks for the great work you're doing. We're going to continue to pray and to support you financially. We do personally. So uh, I want our donors, if you want to help and what's going on in Israel that Victor's doing, Victor and Eileen and the team are doing, go to victormarks.com and you can contribute there. Victor, thanks for your work, brother. Of course. Thanks for your friendship and your support personally. It means a lot to us, Frank. Thank you, brother. Friends, next week we're going to have Bill Federer on. And Bill's going to give us the history of modern-day Israel. That's, of course, part of the conflict going on right now between Hamas and Israel. Is they're each claiming, oh, we have the right to the land and all this. Well, Bill's going to set us straight, Bill Federer, that is, the great Bill Federer, on what the history of modern-day Israel really is. So don't you don't want to miss that. Again, go to victormarks.com. Anything you can do to contribute will help Israel and bring the love of Jesus over there and even help some uh, Palestinians as well because they're helping everybody that needs help over there, friends. All right, great being with you, friends. We'll see you here uh, for the weekend podcast with Bill Federer. God bless.